Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to a very special episode of AGP After Dark. I hope you have all kissed your Blarney Stones and have all the green beer that your hearts can possibly desire because I am bringing you one of the most amazing writer-creators that I have personally met. I have been able to read his work. It is absolutely fabulous, and I'm very pleased to have him because not only is he amazing, but he is a very great local boy here because, hey, I'm from Cincinnati, he's from Cincinnati, even the comic company, Assailant Comics that he's from, it has, is from Cincinnati, so I'd like everybody to give a big warm welcome to my friend, Chris Charlton. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it is my It is my pleasure to have you on the show. Sorry about that. I just flipped my phone right out of my hand, and that is my fault. Anyway, I'm very pleased to have you <laughs> on the show today. And, um, you know, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, and tell everybody who you are. All right. Well, yeah, I'm Chris Charlton. I'm the uh, writer of uh, Black Apart, uh, Binary Gray, Open Tree, and uh, Sleepless. And uh, like you said, I'm, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, that's where I live. That's where I operate, and that's uh, that's my story. Great! That is amazing. I love it. I have a home local boy with me. I am so excited. Now, Chris, when did you come up with the idea of a Stanley Comics, and when did this all come to be? Uh, well, I guess it kind of started uh, by accident. Um, I was uh, I was in the, the local music scene for a long time, um, and when that uh, that ended, um, I kind of had a lot of time on my hands and I uh, wasn't very happy uh, without having some kind of creative outlet. So I started writing and um, then I started uh, talking to people about self-publishing and uh, just kind of kind of ran with it. And, um, you know, I, I, of course, I made a lot of mistakes uh, along the way, but um, I've always been a kind of a determined person. So I just pushed through and, and um, kept going. So um, luckily, I, I've... Uh, met a lot of great people and and I've had a lot of good luck and um, it's been been a great experience. Very amazing. Now you said that you were into the music industry. If I remember correctly, you're actually the lead singer of your own band, correct? Uh, I used to be, yep. Yep, for a long time. (laughs) You know, I have to ask, what was it like being the lead singer of a band? I never got an opportunity to do that. (laughs) Um. Well, so you're asking the wrong person, probably. I would say it's uh, overrated. It's um, overrated. <laughs> I mean, it was it was fun. It was it's probably better suited for for someone else, not not necessarily for me. Uh, I really enjoyed writing and recording, uh, but uh, I just wasn't made for for touring and and doing shows every day. My my body and my brain just can't can't handle that. <laughs> so comics no. is much more my speed. Oh no! Go ahead, please. Sorry, my bad. No, no. Just uh, this is doing the comics and, and conventions and stuff is is much more uh, uh, maintainable for me. So awesome. Now, of course, you were always a comic fan. I believe you were a collector when you were young too. Correct? Oh yeah, very young. I started really young, and uh, my uncle um, had a, a really large collection of seventies, like Spider Man, um, and uh, they were all just kind of loose in the box and. Uh, I, I bagged and boarded most of them for him, and uh, he gave me like his duplicates and things like that. And um, I mean, I was I was pretty young at that time, uh, but old enough to you know to understand it, and uh, and I've just kind of been hooked um, ever since. Well, that's absolutely amazing. You know, it's always nice to see that people who were fans when they were little are now actually enjoying and creating the stuff that 
they enjoyed when they were young. So that's absolutely amazing. Now let's get into some of the work that you actually do. Um, the first comic I have to say is probably hands down my absolute favorite, which is Black of Heart. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've gotten a really good response from that book. Um, it's it's uh, five issues, and it's actually going to wrap up this year. Um, it's a, a serial killer story that's set in 1949 in New York City. Um, so, you know, before they had, uh, you know, any kind of the forensics tools and a lot of the stuff that we have nowadays, uh, which makes, you know, solving uh, random murders uh, a lot more difficult. So, um, it's... Uh, sort of a mixed media art style, uh, which I believe, you know, really sets it apart from, from other books. And um, we had uh, a lot of fun playing with the color scheme there. It starts with kind of splashes of primary color. And then uh, as the mystery unfolds throughout the five issues, the, the color ramps up. So um, the, the big finale of the fifth issue is going to be full color. Full color? That is absolutely exciting and amazing because that was something that I really did actually enjoy about this comic with the fact that Black of Heart has that horror noir, um, what am I looking for, detective type comic, um, the way how you just use the colors to highlight certain things. I'm not going to say much because obviously I don't want to ruin anything, but there's this nice little yellow thing that I'm like, okay, I already know that's foreshadowing that that's what's going on and this is how these girls are being taken away, and I figured that out. But then, like, you'll do, like, these little bits with the color to do a little bit of foreshadowing, and then you twist it, and I don't even see it. And the way how it's really drawn and colored when you have this done, the way how you have your artist do it really gritty-like, it's really, it makes you more on more on the edge of your seat intense on trying to get to that next point on what's about right. to happen next. I absolutely loved and adored it. And then, of course, your writing style, because you are the writer, you are really great at just really keeping the momentum and keeping the suspense, making sure that you don't give anything within the story to where you everybody's still on the edge of their seat, but you still make the story flow so amazingly. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, oh, I really, uh, the pacing is really important to me. Um, I, I really, um, you know, it's, it's pretty critical. Um, the pacing and the dialogue are probably, you know, two of my uh, two of my favorite things to, to really dig deep in, especially on, a, on a, a period piece like this. You know, it's, it's really fun to play with the the dialogue of uh, you know a 1940s detective spree. So, um, but uh, we've we've had a lot of great luck. Uh, we won uh, two space awards and we won the the Tricon award last year for it, um, and it's it's gotten a great response so far. And I can see absolutely why. But, you know, and that's why, and I think everything of Black black of Heart is that whole darkness, the grittiness, because the way how I explained it to a friend of mine is it's pretty gritty. Like, it's yeah. such a gorgeous comic, but it's the grittiness that makes it as gorgeous as it is. And that's one of the reasons why, hands down, of everything that I've read so far of yours, that right there is my absolute favorite. But I will be honest, I did really enjoy Binary Gray. Oh, thanks. So yeah, you get us is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sort of its own it's sort of its own thing. Uh it it's a so it's a superhero story, um and it's it has some, some very dark uh elements to it, but it also has like kind of a a like a light hearted, um kind of self deprecating humor about it too. So um it's about an IT guy and his name is Alex Gray. Um, and he has the power to communicate with electronics. So that's where the, the title comes from, Binary Gray. Um, now, when he, was, when he was young, his father was killed as sort of a, a bystander of a, a superhero battle. So immediately you already know um, that there are other superheroes and supervillains in this world. Um, and so it's much later in life when Alex gets his powers. Um, he starts to uh, try to find uh, his father's killer and ends up kind of stumbling accidentally upon... Um, uh, a secret government uh, conspiracy um, and winds up on the run for his life. So um, it has some, some kind of interesting classic elements, like, like I said, like an old school sort of a 70s um, Spider-Man, Peter Parker vibe. Um, but it's also in a world more, uh, more modern, I guess, almost more like a, uh, like a kick-ass kind of vibe where you've got you know, people get killed and people get hurt. 
Um, and it's, it's more of a, a realistic setting, I think. It really is. What, what I really was impressed about this comic is when you first open it up, there you are, there's this kid, they see a superhero, and your first reaction out of this is going, it's another comic book hero, superhero, tights and capes type thing. But then it twists, it changes, and it's a modern-day story of a person with superheroes in it who just happens to get powers, but they're not regular superhero powers. Right, yeah, it's uh, it really is kind of one of those situations where um, he doesn't, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly strong power, um, especially in today's society and technology is everywhere. Um, but he doesn't really see it that way, and he doesn't really understand, like, how powerful that is. So he's kind of down on himself, even though he has these powers, because, you know, he can't fly or, or lift a car over his head or, or whatever. Um, and so I guess that's, that's an interesting kind of take on it. Um, and... You know, he, it's very easy for him to get himself into trouble because he really can't defend himself. He doesn't, you know, it doesn't have that defense mechanism. So, no, at least not at first, I guess. <laughs> right, and that's where your writing really does shine in this comic because you have this character, Alex, who's basically just an average guy, and you keep him still average. Even after he gets his powers, he's still keeping his thoughts and his, and his reactions average, kind of self-centered as he tries to mesh well with the story and the superheroes, but he's still got the average mentality, and that's where you really see your writing shine in this comic is how you keep him as normal as a person possibly can be, Yet he still, he ended up getting powers, but he uses them like any normal person would at the beginning so far, self-centerly. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's a big story, um, you know, coming out of the gates with a big story like that. Um, maybe wasn't the best idea, but <laughs> it's, been, it's been a lot of fun to work on. And we've kept the same, uh, same creative team the whole time. Um, issues 9 and 10 are coming out. Um, well, they're going to debut at Gym City. And, um, you know, it's, it's 12 issues total, so it's, it's going to wrap up this year also along with the uh, Black Heart. And, um, you know, it's, it's, just a, it's just a fun book. Um, and that's, I think that's the best way to go into it. It is a superhero story, but it, it really is unique in the way that it's told. Um, and it's not cookie-cutter superhero you know, battling and things like that, so. No, it's not. And when you really get into this comic and you get to the twists of everything, from the conspiracy that you were talking about to the death of the main character's father, it's really going to keep you on your edge of your seat. You're going to want to keep turning the page to see what happens next. That I can honestly tell you. <laughs> well, hopefully. Hopefully, anyway. I would. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the other great comics that you have out there that I've been able to read is I only got to read the first issue so far, and it was just very captivating, which would be Open Tree Freedom Run. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I really love that book. Um, it's, and, and Open Tree is, is kind of a unique series. Uh, I, I really um, I took the uh, the format of of Sleepless, which was four short stories in one book, so sort of like its own little anthology. Um, and I really liked that, but I wanted to tell a slightly bigger story without doing continuing uh, issues. So every issue of Open Tree is um, is its own one shot. Um, so it's a different creative team, uh, different genre even on each book, from book to book. Um, so the first one uh, is Freedom Run, which is it's sort of a supernatural western. Um, and when I say supernatural, I mean um, like a Native American mythology kind of a thing. So. Um, but uh, Brian Latimer was the, the artist, um, and I believe he's from up in the, the Dayton area, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he, he just did a great job on it. So um, the response has been, has been excellent. I absolutely loved it. It's basically a, West, it's a, it's a Western comic but it has this supernatural tendency with it, with a little mix of a wonderful love story in it. And I will be honest, read it and get to the last page. I literally teared at the last page. <laughs> I, 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 what's the word that these kids use? Feels. I had feels in this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I just sat well, there at the last, I'm just like, oh. 
<laughs> I I appreciate that. I think uh, I think when you get a chance to read the second one, you'll you'll have some additional feels. Um, the uh, the that was one of the the ideas of it was that it's it's they're one shots, but they're love themed stories. So um, in the case of Freedom Run, you know um, you have uh, some classic you know Western action, um, you know mixed in with the love story. Um, issue two is is a tall tale. So. Um, first of all, uh, Lauren Sparks did the artwork. It was amazing. It's all um, you know, pencils, inks, and then it's all watercolor. Um, and it's just it's a totally different feeling, totally different vibe from the first book. Um, all of the dialogue and narration rhymes, um, and it's it's a really it's a really great love story. I really liked it. Um, and then so for issue three, what I'm working on now is um, more of a like a Tarantino style kind of a love on the run. Um, very violent, uh, total departure from, from the other two. So, and then I, I have another one planned for, for issue four that I'm not going to spoil yet. <laughs> well, please, I want we don't to, but I'm not going to. No, don't spoil it because then we have more to have you back on the show another time. And it's, we can't, we have to have something to bring everybody back. And um, of course, <laughs> you know, we don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Now, you said um, that you had this comic called Sleepless, which I have not had the opportunity to read yet. Um, tell everybody a little bit about that. Well, so when I grew up, um, a lot of the stuff that I was into reading and, and, and watching uh, was, you know, um, little short snippet things. So uh, the Twilight Zone, um, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side, um, Stephen King short story books and things like that. And that's really kind of where that came from. Um, I wouldn't say that all of this, it's four short stories um, in Sleepless and the different artists on each story. And uh, I wouldn't say that it's um, necessarily all four. I mean, one of them is sort of a comedy. Um, but, you know, that's the, the vibe of it is sort of just your, I don't know, off the beaten path, kind of a kind of a horror Twilight zone type story. Very nice. Now, that's definitely one that I'm going to have to put on my list to definitely check out because, you know, that's a comic that, you know, I've heard so much about, so I'm definitely interested in being able to read it. So I guess I'll just have to pick that up. And you did say that you're debuting some, what is it, four books at a convention here in about a week and a half, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, just got them um, yesterday. The prints, the prints came in yesterday, and they look awesome. And um, Yeah, it's exciting. It's good times. I, I I was gonna do um, I was gonna do three and I was gonna do them earlier, um, but then I decided because there's such a gap in conventions, um, as much as people have been like asking me about Black of Heart uh, number four, I decided to wait and just and print them all at the same time. Which uh, anybody who does small press stuff knows, anytime you can get a break on on money, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing to do. So so I, I saved a little bit of money by printing them all at, at the same time. So. Um, you know, it, it is what it is, but, uh, yeah, they're all, uh, they're all ready to roll and they look great and I'm excited. And you are debuting these at none other than Gem City Comic Con, which will be March 28th and 29th in Dayton, Ohio at the Nutter Center, correct? Yeah, that's it. And how always, excited uh, are you to be there with all your new comics? Uh, very excited. It's always a great show there. Um. It, it's you know, it's a comic crowd, which is awesome. Um, it's not uh, it's not William Shatner and, and Stan Lee hanging out. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's not lines of people to to get Walking Dead autographs. It's people who are there because they're interested in comic books. And that's uh, not to say there's anything wrong with that, but that's for a small press guy, that's the place to be. So. Yeah, I mean, there. What one thing that we've all noticed, those of us that are in this industry, whether we're writers, artists, podcasters, or the goofy little girl who goes and runs fourteen million booths at any given show at any given time, that's one of the great one of the great things is we have a love and appreciation for both types of shows, whether it's the big old shows like San Diego Dragon Con or Wizard World, or if we see smaller shows like Derby City, Cincy Comic Con, or in this case, as we're talking right now, Gem City. For these smaller shows, it's all about just comics, and the bigger shows is all about the social, the media. But we have an sure. appreciation for both, and they both have their pros and they both have their cons. 
Yep, absolutely. And I've been going to Gem City now for three years. Um, I get to actually help out at the convention this year because I got to meet Jesse at a convention last year, and he has brought me on board, so I'm absolutely excited for that. And so I will be there. So, yay, now you're going to have to deal with me at another convention. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nice. (laughs) <laughs> but but it's going to be a great opportunity, and if anybody anywhere within the great tri-state area, whether you're in Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, or close enough to Dayton or, or the state of Ohio to come on over, I highly recommend this. This is a great – it's not a teeny tiny show. It is a medium-sized show, but it's all based off of comic books. Everybody there is going to have a comic of some sort that they've done, whether it's their own or if they've worked for – Marvel or DC or Image, there it's all about the comic creators, and that's what really makes this show absolutely fabulous. Yeah, definitely. And now, I had to get to, that can't be your only show you're doing this year. No, no, um, that's just uh, just the start of it. Although I am cutting back a lot this year, um, just to uh, basically just to have more time to write. So um, after that, I have. Um, Tricon um, in April. That's in Huntington, West Virginia. And then um, Space, which is in July, um, which actually was, I think, in April, and then they moved it to July. Right. Um, originally and, it was in April, and I believe it was conflicting with uh, Tricon in West Virginia, and then they moved it to July, That and it freed up, like, so many people. They went, now we're going to Space, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so and then Tricon Columbus in August, and then um, the CincyCon and the Cincy Expo in September. So you said the CincyCon and the Cincy. So you're going to be at Cincinnati Comic Con and Cincinnati Comic Expo. Yeah, I usually do Baltimore, um, and I may still do Baltimore, but uh, they moved the date this year, so um, able to go to the con and to um, and to Baltimore. So, um, but the last couple of years of, of just been to Baltimore that weekend, so I haven't been able to, to go to the Cincy Comic Con yet. Right. I just wanted to make sure that I got across which shows they were exactly because we have Mid Ohio Con, Cincinnati Comic Con, <laughs> and Cincinnati Comic Expo all like in this little ball really close together. So I just wanted to make sure that I got exactly which shows it were that you were planning on attending now. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I can't keep track anymore. There's too many, <laughs> too many shows in Ohio in September. It's getting kind of out of out of control. <laughs> yeah, well, we, let's see. And then Tricon just opened up one that's going to be in Columbus, correct? Right. Yeah, that's going to be great. Really oh, I make space for it. I cannot wait. I do plan on attending that one as well. So I'm very excited for that. You know, I, I was very excited to hear the news that, you know, we're getting a Tricon right in the Columbus area that's really close to home, a nice, great show that we can all just run over to and be able to check out. So I'm excited for that show as well to be able to check that one out. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, is Gem City your first convention of the year, or have you already done a convention so far this year? No, I did um, sort of a uh, – I was very lately added to uh, Wizard World in Indianapolis. Um, which was uh, ah. which was a fun show. Um, got to hang with uh, with my buddy Victor and Ren, and um, yeah, we we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Oh, Victor uh, is such a blast to hang out with, and Ren. I don't know if he'll let me anywhere near him after me and a group <laughs> of people kidnapped him at the expo and drug him to Skyline Chili. Yeah, it's uh, it's not for everybody. Skyline Chili. Yes, but it was still funny because he's sitting there, he's taking his stuff over to his car, he's heading back to his hotel room, and this poor man is sitting there, and all these goofy comic white people come up and go, we're going to kidnap the black man, and we took him off the skyline, and he's just sitting there going, what happened? (laughs) It was one of the funniest things that I have ever seen, ever. Like, I've never seen his eyes that big, like, what's going on, and why am I being kidnapped? And I believe it was me. And then my two members of uh, AGP, uh, Tyler and Sim, Scott Bachman, Scott Simmons. Scott Simmons had his friend with him. Um, and who else was there? Oh, Chris Enoch. 
and we just kidnapped poor Ren, and he's like, uh-uh, um, you all are killing me. And, of course, it was the first time he had ever been to Skyline, because we're like, let's just go get some chili. It's a, it's, a, it's a Cincinnati thing. Skyline is definitely a Cincinnati thing. So we take him there, and he's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, they're the best, man. They're, they're a blast to hang out with. Oh, they are absolutely a blast. I love them all to pieces. And I believe everybody we've mentioned is pretty much going to be at Gem City with us. And I can't believe a week and a half. I'm so absolutely excited. It's like, I've got to get the last of, I've got to see what else is going on. I've got to help Jesse get some final preparations done. I'm really excited for this because, you know, it's it's always different to go as a fan and, you know, just walk around and say hi to everybody. But when I actually get to have my fingers into this mess, it's always like that last weekend, last two to three weeks is some of the most anticipated, mind-boggling, stressful things you could ever go through. You know, that oh, moment yeah. when you're trying to make sure you have everything packed to go to the convention, we're doing that for like three weeks. Easy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. I, I have no desire to be on that side of the table. So. You know what, though? It's actually kind of nice in my position because now I get to say, well, I've been on the podcast side. I've been on the fan side. I've been behind the tables with you guys running and running errands for you guys and running your tables as you guys get to do panels or have to go somewhere. And I've actually been on the side of running a convention. So it gives me a great point of view from everybody's point of view when they're like, well, blah, blah, this or this or this. It gives me a great point of view to be able to look at it at all different angles to make sure that the show really works the best that it can. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It also allows me to stand up and fight for somebody who's like, hey, no, 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 sit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've got uh, two tables this year, which is awesome. I'm just to the point now where I I have so many books that I, I, well, first of all, I need to get binary grade second trade out. um, And uh, that that will help some of my table space. But uh, I'm just, I'm running out of room. And I've got, uh, I think I've got five new prints for the show, too, and it's just, it's madness. Oh, yeah. So, of course, you're going to need those two tables with four books premiering at Gem City Comic Con, plus all the amazing work that you already have, which, speaking of, other than just conventions, where can people find your work? Um, AssailantComics.com is the best place. Um, print and digital are available there. Um, all the print stuff is, is signed by me before it's shipped out. Um, you know, of course, you have to pay shipping, right? So it's ideal to get it at the at a show if you can, just to save yourself a couple bucks. But uh, if you're across the country, then you know um, that's it's not a bad option. Um, now, if you live in the Cincinnati um, area, it's in just about every comic shop um, in Cincinnati. You can, uh, if you go to salentcomics.com, there's a there's a link there that, that says you know where to buy, and it has a list of the conventions we'll be at the stores you can buy it at, and where you can find it online digitally. Great. And, of course, people can also follow you over on Facebook. Both you and Asylum Comics both have Facebook pages, correct? Yep. You got it. And Twitter correct. and probably other stuff I don't know about. <laughs> and I'm, and I know that you also are both on Twitter as well. So of course you know make sure that you go over to Facebook. It's Facebook um, assailant A S S A I L A N T dash comics, and there you'll yep. be able to find all the stuff that's coming up with assailant comics. And of course that's also the same name that you're going to look for them under for Twitter. And of course you can find Chris himself, uh, Chris C H R I S. Charlton, C-H-A-R-L-T-O-N for Facebook. And over on Twitter, he is Charlton, C-H, where did, ugh, where did your thing go? There it is, C-H-R-L-T-O-N, <laughs> S-E-C-T. <laughs> it's a lot of pages to jump back and forth through sometimes when I forgot to write it down. It's not my oh, fault. Yeah. I got <laughs> um, yeah, I do, I do a, a monthly newsletter on the site. But um, if you're uh, if you're looking for most of the stuff I, I tease and I update more frequently is the Assailant Facebook page and uh, um, you know that's I'm a little more active there than I am the newsletter I don't, I hate to spam people with with stuff you know what I mean uh, but right. I feel like a month a monthly newsletter is is pretty decent and and half the time I don't even get that done so 
it's very low on my priority list, the newsletter, but it, it does happen occasionally. <laughs> when he's not writing or debuting for books at one convention or going to many other conventions or being dragged at Akron Comic Con to go out and have dinner and then go back to the hotel room and be one of the most entertaining people and one of the most entertaining stories I've ever heard. <laughs> because we decided to do uh, the After Dark episode, I've been dying to hear this story out of you instead of everybody else. Please tell me the story of Chris and the drinking at Akron oh, Comic Con no. because this has probably been one of the funniest stories I heard from last year. Oh, man. It, um, you probably need somebody else to tell it because I don't really remember a whole lot of it. Um, I remember we went to an Italian restaurant. It was delicious, and they had um, Christmas ale on tap. So this was, you know, early November last year. And uh, and then uh, I think we got more Christmas ale to bring back to the hotel room. And so I don't know if you know Great Lakes Christmas Ale is a much higher percentage of alcohol than, than regular beer. So um, I, I really don't remember. I remember telling a lot of stories, and I think I called some people some assholes, um, maybe, <laughs> out of love, you know, not not to be a, a dick, just out of love. Um, and uh, that's, I think that's pretty much it. And then I fell asleep. That's the story. <laughs> Uh, now I'm going to bring you to the, this is what I hear so we took Chris out to dinner and they had this Christmas ale on tap and he was drinking that and he was staying in our room at Akron Comic Con now these are my friends Tina and Ronnie you've all have met them before they've been on the show many a time and basically they're sitting there and you were in a room with Sean and Stephanie, Tina and Ronnie and it was you on the air mattress correct? Yep Okay, so you guys get back to the hotel room, and according to Tina, you were very um, not as shy as you were the first night that you were there, where, like, the (laughs) room had to be completely dark before, like, you could get undressed and crawl underneath your blanket, where, you know, I've been at many conventions with many different people, and there's two different types of people. There's the people who are very modest, and then there's the people who's like, I don't care. (laughs) And you were just this people. Well, after that night, you got there, and, like, you're like, I'm going to have a cigarette, and you all are assholes, but I love you, but you're all assholes. And you would walk out and go have a cigarette, and the next thing they know, you're still calling them assholes, and then all they hear is this, and your pants went off, and you were on that mattress, and you were done. <laughs> your modesty went out the door <laughs> with your Christmas ale. <laughs> And that, that is the one right. time I wish I was in that room because I would have been like, where's the camera? I, where's where's the video camera? <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever in history. Because until then, I'm like, Chris Carlton, okay, uh, he's a writer, and I'm not sure if he even likes me at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just one of those people that until you, until I like, feel comfortable, I just stay pretty quiet. But as soon as that's over with, then it's like, well, this just guy would shut up. And I think that was probably the funniest thing for everybody is because you are, you are probably one of the quietest people I have ever met. And it's taken being able to talk to you through Facebook and getting to know you that way. And I'm like, okay, this guy loves 80s cartoons. I can tell with half of his posts, he definitely grew up in the same decade that I did watching He-Man and G.I. Joe and all the wonderful stuff that I did. And he's as big of a geek as I've ever been. He's into music. He's into comics. And I'm just like, I know this guy. This is the guy that I hung out with in high school and as an adult and was probably hanging out at the comic book shop. I was like, and I would have never paid you for being one of those people because you were always so quiet. And I'm like, I'm not even sure if he knows who I am or if he even likes me. (laughs) 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 Which, I I mean, I am right. You are a major 80s cartoon buff by the posts that I'm seeing on Facebook. Yeah, so it's weird because that just kind of recently happened. I just, for some reason, started going through some weird nostalgia thing. And uh, um, I I already had some, some stuff. Um, but uh, I ended up buying like some uh, some Thundercats DVDs and some Transformers DVDs and just kind of uh, I, I have only watched like a few episodes of, of each. But uh, 
I don't know what happened. I just really all of a sudden was like into it. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just a part of my childhood, you know, that's uh, still really, really cool to me. And they just don't make cartoons like that anymore, you know? No, they don't. Not by a long shot. You know what? You should come over when I have my 80s, '80s, early 90s cartoon palooza because I have everything from He-Man, She-Ra, Voltron, Transformers, GoBots, Jason the Wheeled Warriors. You name it, I own it. It's on DVD or VHS. And, yes, (laughs) I do have the VCR to watch the VHSs. Yeah, I still have my uh, my VCR. I have uh, a couple things that I, I... Either weren't available on DVD or, or well, maybe they are now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's important to uh, to keep old things. <laughs> I guess I guess maybe it's not, but it seems important sometimes to keep old things because you're like, I wonder if I still have that, and then you do, and then you you know relive it, and it's great. Well, without the VHS, how else am I going to torture my friends every Christmas with the Star Wars holiday special? (laughs) (laughs) And being the type of person that you are, yes, that is that is something that we love torturing friends with. It's like it's one of the most horrible things you can ever make your friends watch. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had the joy of watching it yet? Um, no, actually, uh, I saw, um, I've seen a couple clips of it, but I, I haven't actually sat down and watched the whole thing. I did watch oh. the, uh, I did watch the He-Man, She-Ra Christmas special, and, and that was really, really awesome. I enjoyed that quite a bit. My favorite scene is poor Skeletor sitting there going, I don't like this. It's okay, Skeletor, Christmas only comes once a year. <laughs> it's funny how... Uh, it's funny to me how funny Skeletor is. Like, you, you don't really expect it. Like, having not watched it for so long, when I when I did watch it, uh, whatever that was, like a month ago or something, I was like, wow, Skeletor's really funny. He has a lot of good lines. Like, uh, I didn't remember that, you know, and, and that was kind of a nice surprise. Yes, Skeletor went from being, like, one of the most evil beings ever in history from when I was a kid to going, that guy has some great one-liners, and it's just fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you ever want to borrow it, I do have the He-Man Shira Christmas special right there on my shelves on DVD. You're more than welcome to borrow it. Awesome. I, if it's still free on uh, on Amazon, that's that's where I watched it over Christmas. So. Yeah, it's just not the same as pulling out the DVD and looking at all of your friends' faces going, are you seriously about to put that in? <laughs> okay, wait till I pull out Smurfs and the, their Christmas special. Then you're really going to want to run. so in all honesty when it comes to 80s cartoons what would happen if you could sit down and watch one right now which one would it be ah geez i don't know uh my my favorite characters from those are are like um first stormtroopers or first stormtroopers geez for uh transformers was uh always sound wave um so you know it would be one of the early episodes of that probably or um, maybe uh, anything with G.I. Joe that has um, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Those are kind of my guys. I love G.I. Joe. Um, I absolutely love Transformers. Now, when it comes to Transformers, my favorite is Starscream. Only to be compared to the fact that my favorite G.I. Joe character is Cobra Commander, who are both, <laughs> both voiced by the great and late Chris Lotta. Loved those voices. I was super excited as a kid when I saw Cover Commander on an episode of Transformers. I totally geeked out. I think that was the first yeah. time I completely geeked out over anything. Yeah, it's such a it's such an iconic voice too. I mean, there's no mistaking it at all. Definitely not. And it was so cool because um, a friend of ours, Sean Forney, um, I actually got him to do a commission for me, and he did Cover Commander, and he really wanted to test my age cartoon trivia. So he puts a gun in Cobra Commander's hand. Well, the gun that he puts in there is the gun that Megatron transforms into from the Transformers cartoon. Right. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, that is epically awesome because why? 
for those of you who are not 80s fans, I'm going to tell you why right now. Due to the fact that Chris Rodder voiced the Starscream and Cobra Commander, every time Megatron turned into a gun, other than a few episodes, I think Soundwave got to do it, it always went into Starscream's hands. So the fact that the guy who voiced both Cover Commander and Starscream, now I have Cover Commander holding Megatron as his gun, that just made that commission more <laughs> epically awesome. Yeah, I have uh I actually have the, the Soundwave um masterpiece figure and he comes with Megatron in gun form that you can put in his hand. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> very true, very, very true. Uh but you can keep your Soundwave. Of course, the funny part is, is as much as I loved, I mean, Soundwave is a great character. I loved the little animals that came, the little tape cassettes that turned into the animals more than I actually liked that character. All right. <laughs> 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 of course, I definitely have a passion for the 80s cartoons. Um, a lot of people, you know, they make fun of people nowadays because they watch these cartoons like My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which boosts the comic book sales. But in all honesty, that's really not much different from when I was a kid because it was the G.I. Joe comic books that got me into the comic books because I went, oh, my gosh, not only now can I, now I don't have to wait for Saturday morning, I can read my favorite cartoons while waiting for Saturday morning. Yeah, so, that's... Uh... I definitely remember picking up um, G.I. Joe versus Transformers when I was little and being like, what in the holy hell is this? And I basically, like, made my dad buy it for me. Um, and the cover is basically G.I. Joe blowing up uh, Bumblebee, which, you know, actually, as a kid, it, it, I think it was, like, issue three or four, right? So I, that's, the, that's the issue that I picked up. So I had no idea what was going on in the story. But, um, that was issue four. I actually know because I have the first ten issues of that. So Bumblebee being blown up is issue four. So I do have that one, and I remember getting that. But I'll never forget my very first comic book. It was G.I. Joe issue 63 with Snake Eyes and Scarlet on the cover walking through a landmine field. That will always be my very first comic. It's the only one that I have from a kid that's, like, in pristine condition. The rest definitely look like a kid read them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what your first comic book was? Uh, you know, um, I remember the first one that I bought with my own money, um, but I, I remember um, a few specific ones that I had. I feel like my dad probably just got a few and gave me a few at once, you know. Um, it was a Batman and a Captain America um, and a Justice League and uh, maybe a Flash with the Mirror Master on the on the cover or something like that, but um, that was so long ago. Um <laughs> I remember my my first comic that I bought um, with my own money was actually um, Ninja Turtles uh, number 20, the original series, uh, which is part of the Return to New York. And um, I actually got to meet um, Kevin Eastman at Gym City last year, and I brought that book and had him sign it. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. So that was was kind of cool for me. I don't don't really um, nerd out about stuff like that, but to have, like, the first book I ever bought, you know, and, and get to meet him and have him sign it. Like, that was really cool. I don't... The funny thing is, is I've never nerded out or totally geeked out in front of, like, a celebrity or a comic creator. I've never done that. I geek out over some of, like, the dumbest stuff. Like, the first time I geeked out over a human being was the first time I saw somebody in a Darth Vader costume. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really him. I'm absolutely fabulous and happy now. Like... Really? It's a dude in a costume. I mean, that, let, grow up. Yeah, right. Like, I'm going to grow up. <laughs> it, you want to know a very interesting fact about those guys? They actually can't, if you walk up to them and you ask for an autograph, they can't sign their name. They actually have to sign the character that they're dressed up as. <laughs> That's awesome. It was really cool. So I was like, okay, y'all are, every last one of you store troopers and you, Mr. Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith, you're signing this. Boom. <laughs> so, like, I go, there's no state of signature right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> so this is going to be a very big year for movies. We all know that there are some amazing movies that are coming out this year. What's the one? What is one or two of the movies that you're most excited about seeing? 
Uh, it's hard to not be super excited about Avengers, I think. I mean, uh, also, it's like right around the corner, which makes it like that much worse. Um, I want—I really want to be excited for Star Wars. Um, I really do think it's going to be better than than probably people expect it to be. Um, but um, I'm pretty excited for the new uh, for the new James Bond. And um, oh, geez, what else is coming out? Now I'm, I'm going blank. Well, it's just Jurassic World and. Um, uh, I'll be honest. Okay, when it comes to Jurassic World, at first I'm like, really? Nuh-uh. No. Yeah. No. And then that preview came out, and I'm like, I want to go see this. I really want to go see this now. <laughs> so I like I love Chris Pratt, and and I know this sounds really lame, but I love sharks. And as soon as they showed that thing, eat that shark, I was like, I want to have to go see that. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's the reason is because there was a shark in the preview. Well, uh, really, I feel like it'll be fun, you know. It'll be a fun movie. I think it'll be a great movie, and it'll be epically awesome in 3D. I really do. The scene that really made me want to go see it, the very first time they set up the preview, was I'm going, what in the world is chasing Chris Pratt to where the Velociraptors aren't paying attention to him on the motorcycle? And then when they came out with the second trailer, and you see him training these things, I'm like, awesome. Pet Velociraptors guard dogs. I want one. Uh, I have mixed emotions about that but I I do think it'll be fun I I don't think you know uh, comic fans are are so bitter uh, no one will ever be happy with anything completely so Um, but uh, the new Mad Max movie is coming out Um, that's going to be cool I think Um, I'm a huge uh, Road Warrior fan and um, then we've got a new Tarantino movie towards the end of the year Um, that's exciting for me um, oh yeah, definitely. I will have to say Avengers. I'd like to get a release date for uh, Batman versus Superman sometime within this era. That would be really nice to see. I'd love <laughs> to, to see that movie because I'm such a DC fan nowadays. Which is weird because all of my original comics were from Marvel, and I became a DC fan. So figure that one out. Yeah, I've always been kind of mixed there, like. Some people are so, like, aligned with one side only, and, and I just have always kind of followed writers, and writers move from side to side, so. Um, Which is funny. I followed characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can understand that, but I've I've read uh, some writers who write a character that I like, and it's, you know, not great, so. <laughs> find, the, find the writers that I like and, and follow them. That's kind of been my, my rule for the last few years, anyway. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't have anybody in my family that was into comics. The closest I got was um, my uncle found some comics in the trash and went, I made to have some comics, I'll give them to her. And that's about the extent of anybody in my family other than me liking comic books. So when yeah. I started really reading comic books, I started reading either the ones that went off of like some of my favorite TV shows or cartoons, or I started reading because I really liked the character. Like, anything that had Dr. Doom in it, I had to buy because he was, like, my favorite Marvel villain. End of story. I didn't care. I was like, it's Dr. Doom. What's the story? I don't know. It's Dr. Doom. Right. Well, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of Dr. Doom, that Fantastic Four movie is coming up uh, this summer. Have, have you seen the, any of the previews for it? Or I have not seen the previews for it. I've only been reading about it. I'm this this is one of those movies that's going to be, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to do my best to keep an open mind. But that geek in me, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, it seems like a pretty big departure, so of course people will be divided about it. But, um, it, it you know, it's a different take, obviously, whether it would be good or not. Uh, I don't know. Um but uh, yeah, it's already divided a lot of people, and, and nothing even really happened yet. So. Um, I, I am actually really looking forward to Daredevil next month on uh, Netflix. Oh, I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, that I cannot wait for! I am so excited for that. I'm just like, come on, Netflix, give me what I really need to survive. <laughs> this is right. this is not a want. This is a need at this point. Like 
I've been hyped for this since they mentioned it over a year ago, and I'm just like, give it to me already. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know. I, I think that Sony's really is really fucking up a lot of these characters. I mean, uh, I never even saw the second Spider-Man movie. Um, uh, it just didn't look appealing to me. Um, and I guess I'll watch it when it's like free to watch on TV or something. But um, I think they know that that they're not doing as good as they could be doing, which is why they decided to to sign up with with Marvel for the to have you know, add Spider-Man to the Avengers movie and into the right. Marvel Universe. I'll be honest, so, I actually haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2 either. Um, I got enough out of watching the previews that I went, oh, Gwen Stacy dies. That's all I really needed to make sure happened. I refused <laughs> to go and spend my money on it. I, I'm not saying that The Amazing Spider-Man was a horrible movie, but you took the most iconic line in Spider-Man's history out of that movie, which doesn't make it a Spider-Man movie. You cannot have a Spider-Man movie without the line, with great power comes great responsibility. Without that line, you don't have a Spider-Man. I'm sorry. I don't remember that, but uh, (laughs) I I really liked the lizard, and um, I thought that there were some really just strange plot holes at the end of it. Uh, I mean, he, like, releases that gas, and um, it starts turning people into lizards, and then, um, you know, I guess the day is saved somehow, but they never really kind of go back to that. Uh, maybe uh, maybe everybody just change back to normal. I, I don't know. I don't know. I try to go into every movie being very hopeful. I've learned not to get my expectations high, because every time I get my expectations high, I get something like Star Wars prequels, and then I'm very disappointed. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like Godzilla, my expectations were so high for that movie. And I went in and I watched that movie and my expect I, I wanted to, I had to go home, turn on Netflix, well, not home, me and Scott Bachman went to go see it while we were at Appleseed. We went back from the, from the movie theater, turned on Netflix and watched classic Godzilla so I could get my Godzilla fix because that movie did not give me a Godzilla fix at all. Yeah, I, I was actually really excited for that too, and then um, I, I didn't have a chance to go see it. And by the time, um, by the time you know it had been out, and I heard the feedback from people, I was like, okay, well, I'll just wait. And I still haven't seen it. So. It's definitely a waiter. There are some really nice scenes in it that are really cool. But you seem to be someone like me. If there's no storyline, or the storyline's so retarded, you're just like, really? <laughs> yeah. Special effects movie, really? I could have right. just gone to see Pacific Rim again. Seriously, no, uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. That happens from time to time. I'm it really does. hoping that uh, Star Wars is is gonna, you know, uh, pull through. Well, Star Wars should be fine as long as our actors, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill, stop trying to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be really nice. That'd be helpful. I mean, I, I understand that Harrison Ford has a reputation of hold. You know, he did do the uh, Tesla run in less than 12 parsecs. But at sure. your age, you don't need to be trying to do that again in a two-seater plane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have nothing but love for you here, Harrison Ford. You will always be our dude. You will always be our Han Solo. You will always be our Indiana Jones. Speaking of, what is your thought about Chris playing the new Indiana Jones? Uh, I think that's a pretty good fit, honestly. I don't, I don't have any problems with it, um, and I, I'm a pretty picky guy when it comes to stuff like that. But I think that's a good fit. Um, I'm I think sure he's, you chose him and not that Shia LaBeouf kid. Ugh, that's terrible. Don't even say yeah. that. I think that he's sort of like a new geek icon because of Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, and he, he's awesome. You know, I mean, he was awesome in, in Parks and Rec. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, kind of blew everybody away. I mean, um, and uh, I, I really think he's a, he's a good fit, you know, character-wise. I really do, and I'll be honest. I, th- I think the reason why I can see him as it is because of his character of Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy, especially, you know, yeah, he went a li- with the whole dancing and everything that was funny and all, but just his mannerisms when he was, like, taking the thing in the whole nine yards, he's like, 
And I can see him just toning it down a little bit and playing an Indiana Jones character doing the exact same thing like in the opening scene from Guardians of the Galaxy. I really yeah, can't. Right. I mean, I, even in, in the classic uh, Indiana Jones, you know, movies, he always had those moments of, uh, you know, like shit just goes bad and, and he kind of smirks or something. Like that's just that's just kind of part of his character, I think. The best and, example is when he's chasing Marion through the town and the guy comes out with all the swords and he just has, uh, I ain't got time to fuck with this, pulls out his gun, shoots him, and just walks away. Like, yeah, run. exactly. And that's what I see with Chris Pratt, the way that they introduced him in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's where I can see how he can play Indiana Jones, flat out. Yep, I agree. Very awesome. Yay! I'm very excited for that. Of course, the one movie that actually has me on, I can't believe they're doing it because I've now seen some some photo stills of what they're planning on doing is this Gem and the Holograms movie. Oh, really? I haven't seen any stills from it. I heard that they're doing it, but I haven't seen anything from it. I, I've seen a little bit of artwork that's been released. Um, the artwork looks nice, but I just I still haven't figured out, how do you do a Gem and the Holograms movie? I mean, isn't this like going back in time? Because, I mean, basically it's just going to be like this giant MTV music video, right? I have no idea. I don't. I never really watched it, and I don't know enough to say. Oh well, yeah, they could totally do this because this was how you know the plots worked on that show. I, I know right. that uh, the, the the bad Mistress Band right was trying to like. Um, they were always trying to like one up them, but other than that, I don't really know. <laughs> in all honesty, this is Gem and the Holograms in a nutshell. You have the Misfits. Later in the show, you have the Stingers, and you have Gem and the Holograms. Three rival bands, always trying to want up. The Misfits think they're better than everybody else, and they're kind of the bad guys, but they're not really bad guys. They just want, you know, they're just the girls with the attitudes versus Gem and the Holograms, who are the clean-cut girls. And Gem is really Jerrica, who runs an orphanage. And Gem and Jerrica are both dating the same guy, Rio. Go figure that one out. And they break into at least three songs for a 30-minute cartoon that are five minutes piece along. And the only reason why I know this is, A, I own the entire DVD set. Yes, I still watch it. And, yes, I have every Gem and the Holograms, Misfits, and Stinger song on a CD. Mm. And I'm just going, how in the world, in today's day and age, can you take a Gem and the Holograms cartoon where a good fourth of that cartoon was nothing but music videos and do a movie on it. I just, I don't see how anybody, I don't see how people in this day and age are going to deal with, A, two women who are the same woman dating the same guy, but he feels that he's cheating on them because he doesn't know that they're the same woman, and breaking out into song everywhere is really going to work unless it's done by Disney. Disney, <laughs> <laughs> used to it breaking out into songs. <laughs> 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 it's a complicated plot. I don't know. I wouldn't and want to write that. That's too very, very. And the sad part is, is I've rewatched this so many times. They never fixed this whole Jim is Jerrica and both of them are dating Rio thing. They just left that out in the air when the show ended. I'm like, really? That's you don't even fix it yet? <laughs> like, how about we just get an ending to my cartoon series? That would be fabulous. <laughs> I'd I like think to it see like that. Remake. I'll be honest, I like to see them do a remake of He Man. Uh, I like to see I, I He Man. I really movie. hope that uh, that film that I saw was uh, was Battle Cat from the live action movie. Um, I, uh, we deserve a good live action He Man movie. Um, they, they, they rebooted the He Man cartoon, uh, and I can't remember when it was. It was in like maybe 2005 or 2008 or something like that. And um, it was. Really terrible. I hated it actually. <laughs> um, um, they, they did reboot the Thundercats though, in like just a, a few years ago, and it's excellent. It's I thought it was better than the original series. It's a totally different type type story, um, and uh, I mean it's the same characters sort of, but the storyline is not from the original, and uh, it's it's excellent. It really is awesome. It was. I really did like the remake of the Thundercats. And my first shocker, of course, is when Tigra and Lino are brothers, and I'm like, what, wait, what, what, what? Right. 
And then I well, love just, what they did with Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat, making them the little orphan kids. Yeah, and just the fact that it all takes place on their home planet as opposed to them crash landing on a planet. You know, I think it was just really cool. It was really well done. Every episode had, like, a, a cool, like, kind of moral to it. And uh, I don't know. It, it's better. I guess it was just better than I expected it to be. Yeah, I did like that they were actually still on Thundera, then crash landing onto the planet Earth and now calling it New Thundera. Like, really? Yeah. Uh, there's humans and a mummy already here. It's obviously our planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we are almost out of time. I can't believe time has flied so fast already. It is already 7.59, which means we are almost out of time. So, of course, again, everybody, you know, make sure that you go and visit Assailant, A-S-S-A-I-L-A-N-T, comics.com, where you can keep with all the greatest updates on comics releases, conventions that Chris is going to be at. Make sure that you come out to Gem City in in about a week and a half. That's going to be March 28th and 29th at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. He will be debuting all four of his books. Go ahead and tell everybody what those four books are again. Uh, Black of Heart, number four, uh, Open Tree, number two, and Binary Gray, number nine, and Binary Gray, number ten. Which I highly recommend all four of those comics. I know I'm definitely picking up a few. I'm, I'm going to have to spend a lot of money at Gen City because now I want a hard copy of every comic so far that I've read and all the new stuff, too, because I really, 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 really want it. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly recommend these. And, of course, you know, it depends on what you're really into. You know, if you're looking for a cool superhero comic with a little bit of twist, I highly recommend picking up Binary Gray. If you're looking for that really cool horror noir kind of detective taking you back into like the 1930s, 40s type feel with that nice gritty edge, definitely pick the Black of Heart. You will definitely not be disappointed with that comic. And then, of course, when you're looking for some really cool love stories and you're looking for those one shots where you don't have to collect every comic, you just want that one, I highly, highly recommend definitely the second and the first issue of None Other Than Open Tree. And if you really, and I'm telling you, with Freedom Run, Get ready for those fields, people, because there are fields all over that book. You're just going to – that ending alone is going to make you go, oh, that is just so awesome, because it put a smile on my face, a tear down my cheek. I had to walk away because I just – I couldn't handle it. The fields came out, and I went, yeah, I'm going to need some chocolate now. <laughs> 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 and then, of course, of course, everybody, make sure that you check out his face, Facebook pages. A Sandlot Comics is on Facebook. So is Mr. Chris Charlton. And, of course, they are also both on Twitter. So make sure that you go over there, give them a few likes, give them a few follows. They're, this is an amazing creator, an amazing writer, an amazing comic company. And, of course, for me, it's right here locally in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we are SFO. I highly recommend this. I really do. I cannot express how much I have enjoyed your comics, Chris. I, I again, I should lose my geek card for just getting into them. Shame on me. <laughs> you've been around. For, <laughs> you've been around since what? About 2010, 2011. Um, I started really at the end of 2011. Um, well, I had already written Binary Gray at that point, but uh, 2012 is kind of when I started doing shows. So been about this is my fourth year see four years i'm so far behind four years shame on me i should be put in geek jail for not already reading these comics shame on me but again i can't express to you how much i really did enjoy these comics from lack of heart keeping me on the edge of my seat to the wonderful love story that is within um open tree to the wonderful twist that you put on a what everybody would call the spandex and cape type genre of superheroes, you really did give a great twist into that. And I cannot express to you how much I enjoy these comics. And I thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to interview you here today and be able to get to share a little bit of stories with you and talk some geek with you and be able to talk a little bit about your comics. I really do appreciate it. Oh, no, it was awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, anytime. Let me know. I'll come back on. We'll talk about movies and all kinds of junk. Well, definitely. Um, you weren't here last week, so I'm going to bring you up to date. Um, AGP has actually signed on with a company called Straight Nine Studios, who will be helping AGPA, one, get off a talk shoe, 
Um, so yay! <laughs> we're gonna get. So we're actually gonna be getting a website. We're gonna be doing YouTube videos. We're gonna be able to stream from convention. And on top of everything else, this means that we're gonna be able to do a lot more with uh, the podcasting that we're already doing. To where we're gonna have a more. I'm getting a nice little studio. So it's gonna be a lot. So no more having to do everything over the phone. We're gonna have Skype and stuff like that. We're gonna be able to really and heighten everything, so we're definitely going to be able to bring you back on and have a killer time, and we'll definitely be talking more about movies since we have so many to watch and so much to do and so many conventions <laughs> to go to that, like I said, when it comes to this show, it's like sitting in the hotel room after a show just geeking and chatting it up, and that's one of the wonderful things that I love about this show. Um, again, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, everybody, like always, AGP is every Tuesday night for right now up until the end of April. After April, you will be seeing the changes, and I will keep you all informed. Remember, you can always follow me at LadyVader79 over on Twitter, or you can just follow me at Amanda Gillum, G-I-L-L-I-A-M, which is spelled just like William, but with the G instead of the W, and that is my Facebook account. I will keep you all updated when the website breaks, when the YouTube channel breaks, when we are moving off the talk show and going to another new medium to be able to bring you better, more clear, and more wonderful shows from AGP. But don't you all worry, AGP is not going anywhere. Chris, again, I thank you so much for being on the show. I will be seeing you in a week and a half at Gen City. I cannot wait to get my hands on all four of those new comics. And again, everybody, I thank you all for joining us, and you all have a wonderful night. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.